Tim Wilson cut. <laughs> yeah. I just I just hit record, and I may even just posted like this as well. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Hey, Tim. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we just thought we'd do a, a, a podcast together because we thought we'd just catch up and see how things are going, and things have changed so much for you over the last couple of months, which I thought they really cool. have. Yeah, and it's especially you know, time of recording, we're in lockdown as well. That's uh, <laughs> the best time to record a podcast, really, isn't it? When so, we're all twiddling our freaking thumbs, wondering if we can pay our bills. They are twiddling <laughs> hard at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, th- things are very different to from when we last spoke. So it's 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 nice to be back with you. Yeah, yeah. We did do a podcast the other day, and it didn't freaking work. <laughs> no, so it's it would <laughs> be nice to have it record i'll have yeah. to remember all the funny things i said oh, yeah. that. We, we'll we'll come back to them but i thought because you <laughs> originally originally we were doing a podcast you were interviewing me but we just, i just thought let's do both at the same time let's both talk yeah absolutely and, and i think we've got a lot to talk about now especially with with what's going on with this zombie apocalypse which is upon us um which is what we were saying earlier on it's a shit it's a budget movie zombie apocalypse yeah <laughs> screenwriter has got to be fired for this one yeah, um, there's no I zombies. Saw, <laughs> I saw a great post on Reddit a few weeks ago, um, and someone was just like, "Did anyone see this um, season finale twist coming in the latest season of Brexit?" And I was just like, "That's hilarious!" And oh all, yeah, all these comments from people purporting to be watching this fictional show, and at the end of it, I was kind of like, I- "I'd watch this actually," and I thought, "I have been watching it. It's been shit." Yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been like. Do you remember the TV series Lost? I don't know if you ever fucking watched it. Yes. It, it was terrible. I'm sorry. I thought Lost was the worst TV series I ever produced and so bloody expensive as well with all the big actor names. They just kept getting paid so much money near the end. Oh, and it, no. And we all said, oh, they're in purgatory. And that was like the first three episodes of the yeah. entire series. Five years later, oh, they're in purgatory. Oh, <laughs> it's just... It's just like the screenwriters put so many clues into it just to say, hey, we're really proud of this twist, so we want people to work it out so they can think how clever we are. But yeah. In the process, they just ruin the entire story. Um, I, I'm really sort of compliant with TV shows and films. Like Everyone could be saying the latest movie is shit, and I go along and I was like, oh, yeah, I quite enjoyed that, actually. Me too. But, but what got me, um, which everyone on the internet's going on about, was the f- final season of Game of Thrones. Because I was just like, what the hell is happening? I, is I, I thought what? the final season of Game of Thrones was a little bit like when you, when you write an essay for, for school, for, for English, and you just can't think of how to do the endings. You just fucking put anything at the end. Yeah. It's, it, it reminded me of like a silly D&D campaign. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I've run campaigns in the past when the players are just like, "Oh, I'm going to burn the whole village down now, lol." And I'm just like, oh, "Okay, um, right." Yeah. Well, for that, and now I'm going to bring the town guard. Um, one of my friends, a good mate of mine called John, he um, he runs a lot of D&D games, and a character did that, so he held like a trial, uh, yeah. sentenced the guy to death, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> having to role play like a legal trial, which was absolutely hilarious, but. God, do you know, know, Game of Thrones got me. Like Jon Snow stabs Daenerys and kills her because she's turned into a megalomaniac. I get it. Why didn't the dragon eat him? Yeah, I don't get that bit. But also, I, they spent how many years? Seven, yeah, seven years building this huge storyline 
to um, Arya just jumping up in the air and stabbing the White Walker. Oh, sorry, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I've yeah, got you're not up. missing much, guys. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Do watch it though. I think I think for the acting and the storylines that that was produced and and you know it gripped you for freaking years. It really did. It kept, it kept me entertained for years. Oh, it's fantastic. I I for one, I really enjoyed you know the fight scenes and stuff i've read the books the the political intrigue and stuff absolutely fantastic but i i loved that you know at the end of season seven they're building up to you know the the war that matters the great war humanity versus the white walkers and basically i i was just robbed of zombies attacking king's landing that's what i'm really pissed off about i just just wanted a big ass army of humans and a big ass army of zombies in king's landing fighting Maybe just, we see yeah. some Azora high shit, but no, it's, it it just screams like Binoff and Vice, or however you pronounce their names. I I don't know how properly. Um, wanted to get out of Game of Thrones, they could start doing films and just wrap it up as quickly as possible. I don't, and that is the the actual problem with with most modern TV series actors today is that yeah. they will come in at the beginning, and if you notice the amount of TV series that start with big names. But yeah, they never finish with these big names. It's always the supporting cast that seem to have grown within yeah. that TV series. Uh, you could name loads, couldn't you? That that, that did that. Yeah, I, I mean, I could. I just can't think of any of the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I was, thanks, Tim. I was hoping you would name at least one. Um, well, I, I was. I would Star have Trek said... Picard. Star Trek Picard. You know he's oh, going to yeah. die at the end of it, don't you? Not, no, not... don't say that. He's you know. The closest thing i've got to a grandfather <laughs> i can't handle it you know the end of the, day, the last episode of the season's this week but you know that because patrick stewart is kind of old <laughs> he's not gonna do this forever he's pretty old so they're gonna you, give him some sort of warrior's death in this do you know what i'd love if they just recast him and didn't acknowledge it yeah it's kind of always like doctor here they just find some other very <laughs> wonderful eloquent actor and they can be any age, any gender. Yeah. They just chuck them in. Yeah. Like, you're, you're Picard now. You're Picard today. All right, fuck it. Let's get LeVar Burton in. You're Picard. Okay. Brent Spiner. <laughs> yeah. You're playing Dr. Soong and Data, but fuck it. You can be Picard as well. Just everyone gets a go. Yeah. Like the, um, the Swiss Twitter account. That uh, is it the Swedish or the Swiss? I can't remember which one, but there's a country that basically give a random citizen um, a day or a week running the country's Twitter. Oh, shut up, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really makes me laugh. So just imagine, like, one day you, you just message, like, I don't know, Tim from Carterton. And it's like, Tim, you're running our Twitter for the day. And I'm like, oh, sick. I hope everyone's looking forward to my lit memes. And then, like, going to, I don't know, Brenda from somewhere else, who, bless her, doesn't use the internet very often. And she's just like, well, why have you given me the Twitter? I don't want it. <laughs> Oh, do you know, I would so do false public announcements. Real, oh, like, like gosh. Godzilla is in London Thames or something like that. <laughs> Just like the... Blurred. <laughs> like uh, those WhatsApp rumours you get forwarded. I actually, um, I got one from a good friend today. And I, I've not replied yet. I must message her and go, you know, this is a hoax, right? It's basically like, oh, if you know anyone using WhatsApp... Um, an IT colleague has advised me a video comes out tomorrow from WhatsApp called Martinelli. Don't open it. It hacks your phone and nothing will fix it. Spread the word. I'm just like, that's so obviously fake. I checked it online anyway. As yeah. Fake newsy looking for well, any news that you read these days. I was like, why would WhatsApp release a video that hacks your phone 
and also why aren't the media talking about it if your IT colleague has heard it like do you not think he would whistleblow that and not just be like oh I must text Kevin and be like hey man <laughs> tell all your friends this is the only way to get the word out <laughs> like, like, the only way to get the word out is to make a chain text that you forward to 10 friends <laughs> like, screw Twitter screw the media like this is the only platform I, I can I, trust do you remember that though do you remember that that meme that was going around well I don't know if it's a meme just a stupid message going around as of the 23rd of blah 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 Facebook will be charging for its platform and stuff like that and, and you're kind of like dude people come on you're not that stupid, are you? Facebook yeah. will pretty much put this in the media. If they were going to start charging, it will be everywhere. It will be like oh. on billboards. It will be the on sites. The is, you know, from April the 5th, uh, Facebook will have ownership of everything yeah. on their profile, on your profile. Well, you must copy and paste this status to be exempt. And I was just <laughs> like, but I'm pretty sure, A, they own all your data anyway. Anyway, yes. And B, if they're updating a sort of legal agreement you get a little notification that you won't read and click agree to anything. yeah yeah and that's the thing do you know that's the thing that people don't realize then they go on on social media and they keep saying oh freedom of speech is why i'm saying this no you've just agreed to facebook's terms and conditions there is yeah. no such thing as freedom of speech exactly. <laughs> you you are let to say what you want but if it's racist or if it's like terrible it's yep. gonna be it's gonna be removed. <laughs> oh no! Or so, some people just post that kind of stuff and wonder why everyone's outraged at them. Yeah, yeah, it just makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. <laughs> Talk about that. We, we, you and I, um, well, as in higher right talent and and myself, um, yes. have have experienced something this week which really pissed me off at first but now i'm all right with it i'm accepting it which is yeah. plagiarism major plagiarism ah, yes plagiarism we we've had our run-ins with that um so high right talent is myself sarah potter and kira senti and um you know sarah went through a stint and still does occasionally where she'll post something incredible because that's what she does yeah and people just think oh i like that i'll have it and they will, you know, take the time to remove the watermarks and post that online so they can you know, get the likes and shares from it or whatever. And the same thing happened with one of our memes this week from, uh, can I mention their name? Yeah, you can mention. Yeah, I don't give a shit, actually. Daily Sales, they just um, posted one of our, our memes, which, you know, to the outside observer, it seems a bit petty. They stole my internet joke. But um, the fact of the matter is it, for us at least it comes down to a big problem in the creative industry anyway which is people doing work or going to meetings and giving pitches and having that shit stolen uh, and not getting any recognition or remuneration for that um, because creative thought and the ideas and products that you make from it are just seen as something you know fairly easy that you can do or it just doesn't matter you know, yeah. it's not a big issue who cares but it if you carry on going down that line, you, you're then looking at musicians that are having their songs pirated or pirated movies, games, that kind of thing. And it does represent sort of a, a yeah. loss of reputation, a loss of exposure and a loss of remuneration. Because say, for example, they, they wanted to use that meme, you know, they could have posted it and gone, you know, courtesy of high right talent. You know, we thought this was a great, great post and it was funny. I mean, who knows what that could have led to? Yeah, you know, that that might have, that would have been us being like, oh, what a lovely compliment from a well-known page. You know, we'll send them a message and say, oh, thanks for sharing and crediting us. We really appreciate that. You know, let's be business friends, like you know, I am with you, Mark. You know, you yeah. 
you know, we, we could have been considered competitors in the past when I was a recruiter, but instead, you know, I, I shared some of your stuff, you shared mine because we had that professional yeah. appreciation and, and now it's just us just being mates. Yeah, um, exactly. And the big thing for me as well, it's just fucking cheeky. Like, have some respect. Like, if I, I see a really good piece of content from someone, I'll comment on it. So a, a good one is um, Michael Hewitt. He writes some great stuff. And um, I, I love cool. to sort of yeah. like it and comment oh, you know, damn good advert or whatever, mate. And I do that for, for lots of very good people who I consider my sort of my internet friends now because creativity takes a lot of time and effort and you put a lot of your, this sounds really wanky, you put a lot of your soul into it. So you when do. written posts or visual posts or whatever medium you, you work in are stolen, you know, people are piggybacking your work to yes. get free exposure for them. And, you know, the, the Daily Sales as an example, a lot of their content is just, stolen or not very well thought out uh, it just but what do they represent the name of it back I, I don't know or care to be honest um you know i've i've i'm just a bit peeved off at <laughs> yeah they've treated our stuff um particularly at this time when a lot of small businesses are worrying and struggling because shit has hit the fan majorly yeah um you know a little tag can go a long way particularly for people like me where this is my only form of income you know i left behind a pretty good recruitment career to focus on hire right so when i'm seeing work that in this case that my colleagues did being ripped off for free you know that really pisses me off yeah um, it does it does and you know the same would go you know if someone stole one of your job adverts mark or you know started reposting <laughs> videos frame for frame that kind of thing you know <laughs> i love this fake, this is the problem faking their face over yours this is <laughs> you know, the, years ago not. i was gonna say years ago i used to i used to get ripped off a lot because I used to do written form posts and then I yeah. stopped and started doing more video. And I thought blogs and videos, you know, they're really hard to rip off. And then I started noticing certain people almost word for word do my videos. I can't, I won't yeah. mention names, but almost word for word. It's like they've taken my video, pulled it apart and then made their own version of it. I yeah. thought that's, that's quite talented actually, if you could do that. <laughs> that's really, really good. That's, that's, you know what I mean? But I, I, that didn't bother me. That's a lot of work just to do that. And they didn't last long because I think they had about three videos and then they disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. This, this week I did this post about, um, you know, support your small businesses, big businesses, please use small businesses. Yeah. Um, which I'll talk about this in a second. Actually, the response I've had is you laugh your head off. Um, <laughs> and, and then I, I, I don't know why someone just came out of the blue. It's just random person came out of the blue saying, have you seen the amount of people have copied that? I had so I put a search put in the search of LinkedIn. It was I think I lost count after about eighteen people I copied it. Gosh. Removed self-employed, by the way, and put their business name. That's put their ridiculous. business name in there. I mean, how much is that fucking literally what what does Mitch Sullivan call that? Um corporate masturbation? Is that what it, he calls it? I was I was about to lead in with that analogy and I've probably subconsciously picked that up from Mitch, but it's just it is. They're just they see all these likes and shares and they think, Oh, that's the perfect lubricant to have my marketing wank to. And they, they share your post and hope they get lots of likes and notifications because they think likes equal value. But it's it's about the call to action. In your case, you're trying to raise raise awareness for companies to consider small businesses. Yeah. Yeah, um, not just me. First, everyone. to help them survive. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. These people are like, oh, 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 this got lots of likes. That means money coming in. You know, that means I'm famous, and they'll they'll steal it and they post it. At the end of the day, Mark, you took time out of your day to sit down and write that. 
yeah. it's only fair you should get the credit for it and the only time i think it's acceptable not to get you know public credit for that kind of thing is like in the cases with some of our clients they pay us to create content for them that fits in with their marketing strategy this is it. so so we write that for them but because they're paying us they have the copyright to it it becomes their piece of words and they can do whatever the hell they want with it um you know, but because I'm being fairly compensated for it, you know, I can afford a roof over my head, et cetera, et cetera. That's fine. It's when people take that stuff for free, even if it's just a meme, I'm doing air bunny quotes, which doesn't work on an audio medium. Um, <laughs> it isn't as much the sort of, oh my God, you're stealing my rent or whatever. It's just the fucking principle of it as well. It it does. And, and, and that's where I've come full circle with it, if I'm honest with you. I, I was a bit angry at first when I started seeing it. And then I found it very, very funny. Yeah. And, and not from the same perspective, because I don't get paid to write my content. I I, I literally write my content for my, myself and my business. And uh, I found it hilarious that you had to copy and paste something change it to put your name in the business as well in there and then try putting it out there and and saying it's it's your you know basically whenever you put any posts out there you're stamping that as you are claiming that is your work as your comment your thoughts your mind it's great that you agree with me by putting that out there but you need to acknowledge the fact this isn't come from your mind this isn't your passion and your hate and your 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 wonderment or whatever the hell it is going from your brain into your fingertips onto screen you copy and paste it that's freaking worse than than um i'm trying to think of an analogy it's basically like scratching someone's car isn't it accidentally or not there were there were definitely the kind of kids at school who used to try and peek at your exam answers or, uh, or yeah. nick your homework yeah. Or in the group project, they did fuck all. And oh, the group project it, assholes. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. I'll present it. <laughs> it's like, no, fuck off. But oh, that's, that's that, you know, that's just... I, and then I came full circuit. I thought, I'm not going to get angry with it. What do I'll call them out. So I t- you, you, your, your, uh, your friend and your work colleague at High Right Talent, Kira, made me laugh. <laughs> she, she said, I've been watching you comment on all these. <laughs> and to be fair, and she backed me up, and, and Sarah jumped in on one of them as well and backed, backed me up on it, which I thought was brilliant. Um, and and, and that's, the, that's the thing. That's the, when you've had it happen to you, you know yeah. and understand what it's like, because I don't think people realize what, people do to to get notice and yeah. i i get sometimes some people like i get added to groups i've been added to a load of pods lately on whatsapp i've removed <laughs> myself from loads as well at the same time but people saying oh i'm a linkedin celebrity you must get lots of leads and lots of business from that and i don't do it for leads and business i do it yeah. for for people to to know who i am when they need me yeah. so it's zero moment of truth for me i started off doing it just for my own amusement like the last four years on linkedin i've been doing the same sort of like silly things and now i've turned it into a job so you know i'm taking a slightly more serious attitude towards certain things and it's like yeah you know i'm not famous or a linkedin celebrity or anything but what i am doing is trying to be authentic and target the you know the the niche audience that I have that actively follow me, yeah. because they represent a large proportion of the leads that I've brought into high right talent, and it's the same for Sarah, although she gets astronomical views at times, and and for Kira as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I I don't want everyone to to have a slice of the tin pie because I think at a certain point everything will become saturated. But if yeah. I can target towards the kind of people that don't mind a slightly whimsical 
piss takey approach to marketing, then they're the people I want to be working with, not some big corporate giant who needs to vet everything by committee um, and God, give me yeah. a list of, you know, like keywords they want including in every post because I've done that before and fuck that. I don't want to do it. Um, you need to be going after the clients that fit with you on that personal level. Otherwise there's no point doing it. Yeah, totally. Did, um, on, on the same note about posts which go viral or likes and, and shares and, and so much other things. And I think you've experienced this quite a few times. Isn't it bloody stressful when it happens? <laughs> I mean, I've I've never had oh. it happen too badly to any of my personal posts, so I feel a bit lucky in that regard. But I do sympathise with people who've who've had that. Like it, it's happened to a few contacts and friends of mine, and they text me like, "Oh shit, it, it's really gone viral." Um, you know, lo- loads of comments, loads of likes. I could easily see how all those notifications. Um, <laughs> Oh God! And then I people find like, it distracting as it well. It is. Oh, mate! So Monday went out my post, and I'm still to this day. Now we're on Wednesday, still getting people atting me and sharing. I, I love. You know, don't get me wrong. It's great people sharing the message and, and agreeing with the message, and it's overwhelming actually. Um, but the, people are still like atting it and liking it, and and um, your name appears a, a, a lot of times now. <laughs> on things my views yeah. have gone through the roof my views are something like four thousand views in like three days on my on my profile which is great hopefully it brings business in in, in time i'm not worried about that part of it the stressful part of it is is the you, you i would say 99 percent of people that comment on it agreeing with me with some slight kind of variance of the agreement and probably just a you know, more concerned about themselves and their future and their world which is totally understandable in this in the, on this planet then you'll get the people that completely missed the point of the post and find it insulting to them and at first i was really really worried about them <laughs> they were yeah. insulted and now i'm thinking so fucking what you're insulted <laughs> you're insulted i can't stop you being insulted you know yeah and, and then they message you and this is the fallout i found with it as well I, like again, about ninety nine percent of it is really positive stuff. People connecting and saying thank you for that message, Mark. We really needed that. And I'm like, oh wow, this is really good, nice feeling. And then you get the one percent that are but hurt by your comment because it didn't involve them, and they yeah. had their company name in the in the comment in the yeah. post as well. We're not letting people go. One of them said to me, um, "Where did I say that? But you're insinuating that we're letting people go." I, I don't care if you are or not. I'm not even insinuating <laughs> it. I'm more concerned about our small businesses than, than about you guys in corporate land with your yeah. secure jobs. And and like, but, but what about the tree surgeons? It's like, I'm talking to the recruitment industry, mate. Like, yeah. you know, I'll sympathize for your struggle, but right now, don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. I'm, so, I'm sorry to anyone that's like, and then I had one post on it. You know, I, I, I commented on it saying, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from with it. But it was like, what about the support businesses? I completely forgot about them. I'm so sorry about the support yeah. businesses. But I'm human not, being makes yeah. mild error. I know. Shut. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to list every fucking person's job title and where they are and where they sit in their businesses to say, and consider these as well. I'm, I'm concerned about the small guys that, you know, I mean, at the moment, they're all. They're all work oh, from home anyway. You you're know never I mean? going to please everyone, Mark. You're not a fluffer, exactly. so you don't have to either. Exactly. Yeah. But that, that's, and, and then I realised, again, I've come, I've come 180 on this one, and, and I'm now on Wednesday, and I've realised, so what, you're insulted. I'm sorry. You know, yeah. you, you, I'm sorry that you feel that you are insulted from what you have read. You can just move on 
and, and that's the sad exactly. thing about it you know it, it's also the, the way people react is out of your control and you can only really worry about the things that are in your control otherwise yeah. you're just gonna wind yourself up and it's advice that i'll gladly tell anyone and fail to take myself a lot of the time but it's true um yeah you know, if, if you can't control a certain thing, like a certain well-known virus that's gone viral, haha, <laughs> aren't I funny, Jake? Um, yeah. or, or, you know, people reacting badly to posts, or even people just sending you shitty private messages. Like, yeah. you just, you've got to be, you've just got to know your own character, I guess, uh, and not let other people tell you what your, your personality is or what your work is, because if yeah. you're secure enough in yourself, you'll just know. It, it, it's it, i found it fascinating i found the fast I, I find sociology and psychology more fascinating as i get older why people do certain things and even why i do certain things as well and when it came when social media started becoming a predominant part of business which i think it's been there for about what 10 years now yeah say, um it, it, i think the theory is still out there you know you see the comments this isn't facebook or linkedin well believe it or not it's social media it's just another form of media um and people are going to do what they got to do on 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 that form of media to get noticed um exactly and that's why i find the this isn't facebook comments hilarious because i'm just like okay you know michael just go go read your corporate review or whatever i'm not marketing to you yeah (laughs) i never will yeah i think it was I think it was Seth Godin. I might be um, misremembering, but I, I read a very good book anyway a while ago. Uh, and it's there's three types of people in the world when it comes to your sales marketing. There's people who will buy from you no matter what. Yeah. There's people who will never buy from you no matter what. And there's the people that might buy from you if they're persuaded. And it's that third group that you should be going after. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, I mean, at the moment, I'm mainly just posting funny shit posts because I feel like everyone needs a little bit of a funny lift. I certainly do. And the way I make myself feel better is by being a little bit funny, but it's still trying to showcase that kind of humor and writing style that, you know, the third of high right I contribute to is, you know, known for is, is that kind of stuff. So it's still marketing myself, but um, yeah. not hard selling anyone because hard selling never works. Um, well, it can sometimes, but it, it works yeah. in the wrong way for us. I don't, I think in certain certain places, hard selling is the only thing you can do because the type of person you're selling to requires a punch in the face to buy your product. You know what I mean? It, it, it requires that kind of, that push. But then I think in most circumstances, you don't need to sell to people in that way. You, you can show them the benefits of utilizing you and then let them think about it and let them kind of walk away with that because yeah and that's that's what we do largely um all our leads have been inbound uh, in terms of clients that we work with now because they're they're the sort of clients that recognize they have a need and that we're the right people to fill that need and it, it leads to a really successful working relationship um and that's a mixture of how we've to find our strategies and also a bit of luck thrown in because every business needs a bit of luck now and then um so far so good but yeah we need all the luck we can get at the moment us small business owners mark (laughs) oh mate i'm not a big believer in luck i think you make your own luck in this world but then there is a an unknown factor in in stuff that that happens i've noticed over the years that 
one minute you're you're thinking, oh, I'm a little bit down at the moment. I'll I'll try to do something. And then suddenly a job comes in randomly from somewhere, um, and you don't know where, how you got it or where or what you did to get that that piece of work. Yeah, but it's there, and you make money from it. Yeah. But then, and then ninety nine percent of the time, you're working your ass off to get that one piece of work in a similar way. Yeah, um, and there must be there must be something. It must be like a roulette wheel of of kind of opportunity and chance, and suddenly your number comes in that that day. Maybe there is. I don't know. I really don't know. I'd, I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to see that roulette wheel, though. I bet that would look sick. Would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our names are on it yeah. <laughs> as it spins. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what, though, like. We'll both know this like self-employment having your own business it does have its its periods where it's like oh fuck what have i done but it's also yeah. i would never ever turn back at least i hope i've never been in a position where i'd have to because i'm finally happy um you know i I've, <laughs> I've had a lot of jobs in my time monk <laughs> um, uh, mate, I've, been I've never long. really fitted in um you know i've been okay enough and bosses have tried valiantly to try and make it work in some cases it just completely didn't work out in other cases i left or whatever but now i'm finally in charge of my own destiny i feel um and it's i wouldn't trade it for the world even at the moment where it's like squeaky bum time with the whole quarantine and everything going on like i'm very fortunate in the position i'm in um i think it's a bigger jump going out yeah. of self-employment back into employment than yeah. it was the other way around gosh i would not want to be a lackey again because those are the kind of jobs i end up in <laughs> you yeah, know but, I, but that's the most employment market I'm, I'm writing a blog at the moment about what you know what is a, a recession-proof career and if you yeah. if you look at it nine nearly all recession-proof jobs tend to be a skilled job in a sector that's that serves the public in some yeah uh, and and you kind of think, well, well what's that? Like doctors, nurses, accountants, financial yeah. advisors. You know what I mean? People which police, ambulance, fire police service, ambulance. Yeah, all that exactly. kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Those are your, those are your recession-proof jobs. Other than uh, the country being invaded and the government falling, I, I mean, even then they, they still needed jobs. In the apocalypse, they probably still needed jobs. Yeah, but but you know what I mean. And then you think in everything else. Then so if you're not in a skilled kind of job like that, is a recruiter a skilled job? Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. is, is, I, I I think there's probably always going to be a place for recruitment, though, because I agree. I, Don't get me to wrong. Do those um, to do those key worker type roles that we're we're seeing crop up the new phrase. But I'm talking about recession proof jobs, not kind that's of jobs. true. Yeah. So recruiter is a skilled job to a point, but then when the recession hits, it's not needed. So if yeah. you're if you're working, oh, I hate to say this. I don't want to feel like I'm picking on internal recruiters. Sarah will throw something hard at me. I know she will. Um, but um, basically, I, if you're an internal recruiter working for a manufacturing company right now and it's squeaky bum time, as in there's no orders coming in, there's no money coming in, look like Jag Land Rover, for instance. Yeah. You are probably going to end up in the redundancy field, and and, and as sad as it sounds, I think that's really bad that that's going to happen to these people. Mm-hmm. But in times of recession, does an ambulance driver get dropped or does a nurse get dropped? Especially yeah. these situations. Um, I think we're really redefining at the moment what a recession-proof job really looks like and what uh, a skilled key worker job looks like at the moment. Yeah. I, think, I think we've completely changed our, our perception. Well, the, 
the, the country's been tested in a way it's not been tested for absolute decades there's been a lot of comparisons of you know world war ii being drawn with coronavirus that i've been seeing you know we've all got a band together remotely um yeah. <laughs> and, and that kind of thing and Except for body count, except for body count and being bombed yeah. shit out of, but the and financial impact is massive, mate. Yeah, and you know it's good yeah. that we've got a far lower body count than World War Two, and that we're not being bombed um, at the moment. State, state, state me, obviously. Oh, Mark, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> no one's, no one's napalm in Manchester yet because it has too much of the virus and everyone's dying. Um, oh gosh, sorry, sorry about that, uh, Manchester. Uh, <laughs> But but you, you, it's how can I put it? it? We're really kind of redefining. But I think then, equally then, as much as people are needed today for supermarkets and nursing and stuff like that, when it comes three months time, I, I sadly think the NHS are going to be back or th- four months time, five months time. They're going to be back to where they were pre-crisis. Same with supermarkets. Yeah. They're not going to be looked upon as key workers any longer. And then suddenly then it'll be the rise of the salespeople trying to sell the products for the companies. They're going to be the most needed key workers. Recruiters yeah. trying to find them. So I think we all have a place in this. But right now that's not our time. And that's why we'll be made redundant and thrown out the yeah. door. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, I definitely say supermarket workers are, are key workers. I was watching, I think it was ITV News the other day, and there was this um, mother being interviewed, and she was just like, "Oh, I, I don't see why I'm a key worker. I just stack shelves and sell people stuff." Um, and I was just like, "But if it wasn't for people like you still going into one of the big supermarkets and stacking that food and selling it to us and taking that that personal risk of getting, you know, a nasty virus." very nasty virus yeah. you know, people like me wouldn't be able to get food so yeah. actually i'll take my hat off to you because you've got more balls than i have and the supply chain taking it there so yeah. all from the pickers and packers and and and, and you know i mean the, the guys on the farms and in the and the fmcg factories making your, your pizzas and your tin soup and stuff you yeah. know from those guys all the way through and all the supply to them as well all yeah. the way through to you picking it off the shelf and, and, and then people have the audacity to say in times that are better saying oh these are unskilled workers it's like fuck off yeah everyone's a skilled worker i'd like to see you fill you know 20 delivery orders in an hour or um i one of my temp jobs was at a company that manufactured a specific bolt for use in a specific car that was shipped out to germany yes and um I was I was an admin guy for them at the time, so I basically had to just collate all these order forms and send them down to the warehouse. So I was like the, the little nineteen-year-old in a suit going down to talk to all these big, hard like warehouse workers. And I was like, "Hey guys, we need these nuts and bolts today." <laughs> and like, you know, people would consider that unskilled work in in many circles. But my God, these guys were knowledgeable. You know, they had to do all this health and safety stuff, um, pass the driving test for a forklift i'm not using any of the correct terms because it's it's a world <laughs> alien to me yeah ensure that you know when a lorry had taken all these nuts and bolts to the warehouse in germany that they arrived at the right time to then take all the waste away and drop that off in the way so make an efficient use of fuel and weight and all this stuff i was just like I, I i could do a phd in logistics and what you do and i still wouldn't understand it personally so when people say oh xyz role is unskilled work or fruit pickers in fields for example oh don't get me started that's a hardy hardy job you're oh. outdoors picking fruit bending over yeah. hands. I'd, I'd like to see anyone do that or you know 
just well, trying to think I, of examples or, or cleaning a commercial office for example i got I think, into i go into a, i could go into a real big debate on lbc um mm. facebook page not so long ago and basically they were saying oh let's get the unemployed to pick the fruit and i was like mate first of all the unemployed most of them are probably got some sort of issues and, and mental health and problems in that sense of it but also there's only a very small percentage of people that can go in a field and all weathers and pick shit out of yeah. the field and so so not everyone can do a physical demanding job of that nature yeah. uh, and people need to understand that exactly i i don't know whether i could do it day in day out i mean i i spent time as a special constable in london so some yeah. of that time you're outdoors all day walking around but i had the benefit of boots um you know big bottle of water in my in my yeah. uh, side pockets and stuff you know i could go and use a loo pretty much wherever i wanted and stuff but in a field Oh, mate, but then you had, you know, if, if problems happen with you, you had the entire Metropolitan Police on the... In the yeah, the exactly. I, I press well, the oh shit button and all the yeah. hard lads come down to, to pull me out of trouble. <laughs> pull out of trouble, exactly. <laughs> but then when you're in a field and, and you pull your back because you've been picking yeah. turnips or, 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 or whatever it is, you know, carrots out of the ground. I know there's machines that do this, but there's still people doing it manually. Most yeah. people manually it's it's tough tough work and i found especially in hard enough i did it for about 20 30 hours a month people going in doing i don't know 40 hours a week is that is that an underestimate for fruit picking work i, 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 I don't pro know, probably more mate probably 60 hour weeks those guys yeah do. i I've, I've got no clue but it's bloody demanding work so anyone who says that kind of stuff is unskilled it's just it, it's to educate themselves and, and i and this is the problem isn't it a lot of things are are really highly skilled even though they're paid very little amounts and then some stuff which is really highly skilled are still paying little amounts as well like engineers they're, they're badly paid in this country yeah uh, for some reason um and you know there's certain kind of categories for instance like your it consultant i once had a a, a job for an it um guy in a company to have to all the it and they said twenty two thousand a year and i'll be honest with you at the time i didn't know how much those guys were paid i put an advert out i got abuse from people saying you can't live off that being an IT. all the knowledge i know if their it quit kit went down tomorrow who's looking after it who's fixing it and and that's the thing isn't it you, you the value of people and their skills today is just underestimated and now we know it really is yeah we now know what is really 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 needed in society today um so yeah and what's upset me is seeing you know i'm i'm feeling it in terms of that fear of what if my work dries up and that kind of thing but oh, i don't yeah. think of all the people that are in a far less privileged position than i am um and there's there's just no lifeline generally i'm worried about some people you know because some people mm. don't even you know before this this happened i had a couple of quid saved just in case I need yeah. it. I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of, well, I'm, I think I'm still in the process of buying a house. I don't know. Everything's gone quiet. <laughs> oh, gosh. The house is built in July. I know that much, but I don't even know if it's got a roof on it yet. <laughs> just um, turn up on the day like, hey, yeah, yeah. Can, I we, live here? can we exchange contracts now? No, the bank's closed. <laughs> it's closed down because of. <laughs> We've used um, the bricks as food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> We've buried the bodies under your house. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, we do. now we're using it as a grave. Sorry. Um, no, I mean, it, it, what was I saying? I always got off on a tangent again. Oh, dear me. This is what happens to my mind sometimes. It really does. Oh, that's it. People. So people, people don't have um, 
savings. People don't. People live week on week, um, and it was a, there was something like nine million people in the United Kingdom, um, literally living on the breadline with zero pounds in the bank uh, yeah. and, and whatever's in their pocket. The next pay they get pays off the payday loan. Next pay yeah. they get pays off the credit card. Next pay they get pays the rent, uh, and they're literally living in this this kind of world and, and yeah. the fear for me is i'm going to be there in three months if no business happens in the next week exactly i've i've personally i've lived hand to mouth since i moved out from my parents pretty much it's only since i became a big boy and got married that it's a, you know a better position um but I, I lived in london for probably four four and a half uh, years yeah and every single job my first recruitment job was 25k salary 20 percent commission which is not bad for a first-time agency recruiter no not bad um, particularly yeah. at the age i was i, was, I wasn't paying okay. too much in rent or anything but even still i had no money for savings at yeah, all you don't um you i don't. probably should have built a lot better to be honest <laughs> i was a bit, a bit of a shitty agency recruiter if i'm honest well i'm but i'm, I'm moving through all those jobs you lose your job and you're like fuck yeah. i need yeah. something immediately i'm 41 this year i'm 41 this year and this is my first house i'm buying and it's taken me this long to get the money together to buy yeah. a house uh, and it's not even as much as people would think it would be to buy a house and it's not a massive house it's a standard three-bedroom house that you know that's really overpriced in the new build and and yeah. i need government help to help me out to buy that house as well yeah so so you know and i've got my own business and i've done i've been paid 30 40 50 grand a year and i've had those type of things and you do live within those means that you have but it's it's so hard today's society is so hard to save so you've got these people now that have really struggled for years and suddenly there's no job there's no money everyone's now has to kind of wait to hear what the government's got to say about certain things or wait for yeah something to give them something um and it brings into question things like universal credit and my favorite one at the moment i really wish this happened was universal basic income where yeah. we all we all get a couple of quid each i uh, i think that's the way forward um if if you look at the society in the next generation because a i want to live in that world because i've always wanted to be a starfleet captain and b me too <laughs> it's always like we live in a post scarcity society everyone's needs needs are covered yeah and then anything else you do is towards your self-betterment and what you want to achieve like I'm sure there's some people in the Star Trek fan fiction universe just sit around on their ass doing nothing. Uh, well, and there's people you, that join yeah. Starfleet and go out. Uh, and yeah. taking my red, like rose-tinted view of Star Trek uh, away from it, imagine if you could just cover your essentials, your bills, your rent, and your food. Yeah. You could just survive off that and do fuck all else, or you could do something work in something you really yeah. want to do yeah. and not have to compromise. So you look at entry-level copywriting jobs, for example, and some of them are paying like 18 to 20K. Like I couldn't, I couldn't have lived on that when I was in London because my rent was about 1,500 a month. But yeah, if, yeah. I, if I'd have had the opportunity to choose whatever job I wanted to do, I might never have gone into recruitment. I might have gone and done something else in my life because I thought, well, mm. my survival needs, my Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the bottom half of that big triangle is covered. Um, you know, I can That's choose whether idea. I want to do the 30 grand job, you know, doing yeah. something professional or the 10 grand job doing stand-up comedy. Like I could do, you, you've got that choice then, I think. Yeah, exactly. I and it lifts. You should have that forever. I, I, I'm not, just, not just you, it lift a lot of people out of poverty. Homeless will probably disappear overnight. 
Um, people probably spend it, you know, if they're going to be spending on drugs, they probably continue spending on drugs and beer and probably more of it. But then I think we will realize over time that this isn't the way to do it and people will get better at, at managing it. And, and, and once the basics are covered, that, that's it. A lot of people saying, how is that going to happen? Where's this money going to come from? It's not going to happen in, in a generation. It's going to happen over a multitude of generations where it will become a norm to have a, some sort of UBI. Yeah. Um, but I, I also think as well, as automation and manufacturing becomes a lot more cheaper and, and more precise, in Star Trek, you know, the, the other end of that scale is the, is replicators. So if you can now yeah. replicate food, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Of, of buying yeah. it. So, the, so supermarkets would disappear in that sense. But between now and when replicators get created in this sci-fi world that we're creating here... You know, your, your mobile phone's going to cost 10 pence to make with a load of robots doing it instead of yeah. human beings in China doing it. And before long, then, you go to a vending machine, type in what type of mobile phone you want, and then it'll just pop out a phone for you in your spec, in the, in the way oh, you want man. it to be. And Does that then mean all the profits from that get spread around everyone and then we can all just sit around enjoying ourselves well that's the idea i mean you look at like places like alaska the oil in alaska is is given back to the people as a dividend it's not yeah. massive i think it's like 80 dollars a week i think it is or it might be more than that actually or it's about 700 dollars a month maybe is uh, that it yeah it's not loads but so they're making like billions they're like here you go here's 700 quid yeah but the, <laughs> the, the alaskan kind of state kind of controls most of that and then obviously opeg right. and all the other oil companies pay the alaskan state for the rent for it and i think then the, that money then goes back into the people and, and we could do that scotland could do that if we had the oil still um but but we could do as a society you know get rid of universal credit get rid of pensions um pour that money back into the people and give everyone, I don't know how much we, some, some people say a hundred quid a week. Some people say a thousand pound a month. Um, I don't know what the figure actually is, but you know, yeah. you know, if there's a couple living in the house with a little one and you're getting a hundred pound a week and the little one's getting 50 quid a week, that's, a, that's the best part of a thousand pound a month to cover all yeah. that. That's most people's rent. Exactly. It's, it's but why, why do we need to do it? Because, we're a civilized civilization now you know capitalism is working to a point but greed is taking over um, yeah well yeah greed is just everywhere isn't it um it's it's why you know even other political ideologies such as you know communism it's all about everyone having the equal amount of things which on paper is great but human nature as has been shown throughout history just comes along and messes it all up <laughs> yeah i know I, I i think you know i'm not a sociologist so you know when people say oh communism when we look at some of the some of the kind of the science fiction stuff that we're into like star trek yeah you know, classless society with no money and and everyone's looked after isn't that communism but then you kind of think yeah. oh, they still have elections they still have do you know what i mean the society is very similar to ours just without money and, and poverty so there and is a, there wicked a, spaceships and fucking phenomenal spaceships that go all across the galaxy, and that's where we need to be. Like, you know, right. human race. Get on it, engineers. Yeah. I, want, <laughs> I want warp travel, man. Close to I'd it. De I'd definitely be the red shirt that gets like injured on the first planet they go to, though. It's like, yeah. oh, Tim, we're going to go down to Venus. I'm like, oh, great. And I'd spray my ankle and they send me home. Yeah. Like, oh. But we, we, <laughs> we are close to it, though. The moment we leave this planet and go to Mars and start colonizing Mars and anything else in the, in the solar system, we're suddenly creating 
the human race is suddenly changing completely from this this current epoch to a new epoch. Yeah. Um, where you know at the moment, you know, like a virus right now is showing us that any minute we could be wiped out. Any minute yeah. the human race can be wiped out. But the moment we go and live on Mars, the, the the chances of wiping out the human race suddenly decreases to almost zero. Yeah. Um, and then anything above that. Sorry, someone's trying to phone me. Uh, go away. <laughs> um, uh yeah and at the moment we we kind of get to that point you know we're all the human race is going to be very safe but one about this about is there other life oh, <laughs> oh, there's got to be right i mean if you if you if you look at humans it's like we've evolved and we're here how dope we are but then we've got all these animals as well like yeah that's thousands and we're, thousands of species on just one planet and at the yeah. moment, current scientific theory is that space is infinite. Otherwise, what is it going into? It there must be something out there. We may never know. We may never meet it or see it. Or we might be the first ever race. And then over millennia and generations, um, you know, other races evolve. I, I think it'd be cool if there are aliens. I'd want to see I, I what their so. marketing was like. There's so no. many theories. <laughs> yeah. How do they do their content? How, how do aliens recruit? Well, what type at, of books do they write? At the moment, their content is shit because I haven't seen any of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they really need to work on their SEO, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. It's not going over here anyway. It's not down here. Oh. I, 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 I really think that because we're just we're still an inf- infant race. You know, we're still yeah. an infant group of people on this on this rock floating around this planet, this sun. You know, we're we're not. You know, we still have weapons, and they're pointing at ourselves. We yeah. still, we you know, we're, we're we can't seem to convince Karen from Shepton Mallet to stay indoors with the virus is around. <laughs> she just wants to go to Western Supermare and have an ice cream. You know, what I mean, <laughs> we're we're still making people, you know, in really bad conditions across the world. We're still bombing the shit out of them, thinking that will help them. You yeah. know, what I mean, it's it's we're we're such a strange. Very, we're, we're an old warrior race, aren't we? Humans is a warrior race. We're very protectionist of our grouping. Um, and it's all very tribal, yeah. Still. Tribal Asian, you're different from me, yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, uh, you look at um, the majority of prison populations as well, people seem to congregate into their own ethnic groups, correct? Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. But yeah. maybe, Mark, there is intelligent life out there but they've noticed us and they just consider us super duper primitive. And yeah, like, that's, you know what? that's it. Yeah, I reckon. You, know, you, you think about it. Yeah, you think about it. We're so tribalistic. When an alien race will pair on the doorstep, and it won't be one, it'll be several, by the way. If there's one, there's going to be 20, 30 yeah. others behind them. And one or two of them are going to be horrible. Um, there's yeah. no doubt. No doubt. Maybe we'll gonna, be the horrible ones, Mark. <laughs> we could, and that's the other problem as well. We could be the arseholes in the room. Yeah, they, they could be really like friendly and like, hey guys, you know, it's yeah. a holiday. Like, oh, amazing. And then there'll be a subsection of us that'll be like, oh, well, aliens, let's kill them. Yeah. We're the bad guys. We could be. And I, I we'll either want to fight them, eat them, or reproduce with them. I don't know which one I like the most. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um as a kid I used to think about this a lot because I had an overactive imagination. I read too many books. We're going to so plagiarise their like, copyright as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I just always used to like daydream about aliens coming down and me just like being mates with them. It's because I watched ET. Um, yeah, back at me. <laughs> yeah, and, th- and things like you know, 
if you look at Doctor Who and stuff, where it's all about you know being nice to each other and other people who are different. Um, I mean, I I grew up in Chatham in Kent. I went to a Church of England primary school. Oh God! Every, right. every child was just basically like me, like a little posh middle class white kid. Um, Did Jack Whitehall go to your school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I looked in the mirror and I always saw him looking back at me. Um, I remember because I, I used to watch like, Star Trek religiously. I watched Star Wars yeah. religiously. I me too. All these, all these shows. And it's always about accepting others and the power of friendship and love and all that. And um, a, a little girl joined my school who was from a, a vastly different part of the world from me. And I, yeah. I, I wasn't even phased by it. I was just like, oh, hello, would you like to play the adventure game? Because at, at my school, it was either we played the adventure game where you ran around with finger guns shooting bad guys. That was imaginary. <laughs> you, you played hide and seek, stuck in the mud, or Star Wars. And the Star Wars game was the best because we'd all stand in a circle and we'd hold one thumb with our other fist to make the lightsaber handle. And then we'd all have a debate on who got what color lightsaber in our imagination. And then oh. by the time we decided, we'd have to go back to class. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, let's play the adventure game. And we're just running around and playing. And it's, I've always remembered this, but one of the other little boys came over and he just asked her, like, why she was so different. <laughs> she was just like, I don't know. Just am. <laughs> just am, yeah. like, She's not. She's cool. Like, we're playing the adventure game. Yeah. Come play it with us. And I've but, kind of always tried to carry that on. So I like to think if aliens came down and they weren't immediately disintegrating us, I'd, I'd hope I'd be able to but you know, lose from, my stupefiedness enough to say, hello, welcome, leave my do, blog. Do you know, be, being a Star Trek fan and, and kind of having that kind of that thought process that, you know, if you watch too much Star Trek, you'll have, you'll, you know the thought process I'm on about, where, where you, you will see things as, as an opportunity to, to make friends or to, you know, strange new life and strange, you know what I mean, and exploring and understanding things. If an yeah. alien race came to Earth and looked at us, it doesn't matter if you're from India or from Mexico or from Britain or from France, yeah. you all look the bloody same. <laughs> to yeah. You're all humans, and that's all how humans. we should be thinking as well. And that's how we should think of it. And there's no difference between the stupidest person and the most intelligent person from an alien's perspective that just traveled yeah. a million light years to get you. You know what I mean? They, they don't care. We're just exactly. It'd be the... like looking at a herd of zebras from afar because zebras yeah. all look like stripy horses. And then as you, as you get to know the zebra, if you ever have Mark, you, yeah. you get different differences. It's like, like cats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cats all have different personalities. Some people think they're clones of each other and they don't. But I think cats and dogs, they all have different, they all have a little oh, thing. I've got two cats. I've got Dodger, who's a big, chunky, fraidy cat. And I've got Kipper, who's a little... He's blessing. He's quite old now. What a oh. wise-looking thing! But he just goes around yowling and attacking everything. They are <laughs> polar opposites. But people are like all cats are the same. I was like, come meet my two. You should, you should call him Wharf instead I of that. <laughs> Defend yourself, Roger <laughs> Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've no idea where this is, podcast has gone, but I really enjoy the fact it's going towards Star Trek every Me time. Me <laughs> too. Let's keep it going. Everyone else, you can leave now. Yeah. Uh, Mark Stop. and I are just going to talk for a bit more. Stop um, the podcast now. <laughs> how would recruitment work in Star Trek, Mark? I, I, that's a really good question, actually, because i tell you why it's a good question. Um, because the way that Star Trek kind of... Uh, the world of, of Star Trek is because you know there's no jo well there is jobs people there are still lawyers believe it or not yeah. there's still chefs surgeons and all this sort of stuff I still think there'll be recruiters and 
there was, but there would be more headhunters than recruiters because yeah. then, if you're enjoying being the chef at Michelin um, Rue's five star, five Michelin, I, I'm pretending I understand chefing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you're an engineer, you've got a lot of knives on your yeah, wall. You're a good chef. <laughs> yeah. If you're a CNC turner at, the, at this uh, engineering company and enjoying that what you do it's going to be freaking hard to pull you out of that job considering oh, you yeah. what's the motivator well look because, at all the times they try to recruit Riker you know they yeah. never positioned it from his perspective they he never went, wanted to leave captain this ship yeah you know? how many ships did he get offered like five and then he got the Titan only because it. Picard didn't want him any longer <laughs> yeah I, I've just watched the one where um his dad tries to recruit him for the Ares and he ends up fighting his dad in like doing this really shitty martial art where they're blindfolded and they've got these big sticks with a big weight on the end with a sensor that tells you where the other person is and they're just trying to boff each other on the head. Yeah. I was watching this like, why was I so tense during this scene when I watched it as a kid on video? Like, <laughs> it's the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen in my life. But oh, you know, I've got the benefit of about 20 years experience now of, of life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The sets still move in the 60s and the, and the 80s. <laughs> That's the problem. But there's, this is, yeah, I mean, back to your question about recruitment in the Star Trek world. I don't know why this is a really good podcast now. I'm really enjoying this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's just let's, let's make a series, Mark. <laughs> but I, I, I think when it comes to that, it's going to be a bloody nightmare, isn't it? It's going to oh, be, it it's, but you're going to be headhunters because there's, there's, you know, read.co.uk won't exist then, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> or will it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Will, you know, will it be more Kyle, so? I'm currently recruiting for a first officer on a galaxy crack class ship stationed <laughs> near the neutral zone. I'll be like, oh, but the Romulans. Uh, mm, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> maybe I, I'll just work at Starfleet Commanders and security <laughs> officer. Well, would we get like discrimination kind of a different level though? We like, you know, I'm looking for a, a waiter. Humans need not apply. Because Gosh, it's, yeah. it's, you know what I mean? and the times where it's a protected clause because you're working in like a Klingon specific bar or something like their HR manuals must be massive. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. No, no beating, no biting, no punching. Yeah, no, no guys, you, you, you can't <laughs> fight to the death in this in the blue zone. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you, you have a disagreement with your manager and you're having a fight to the death yeah. <laughs> with battlers. It's, it's just what's so wrong. Time, he didn't let me take my break. <laughs> Do you remember that episode where Picard called Worf a coward? And he was like, if you were any other man, I would I kill, would you, kill you, you in your stud. And yeah. I'm just thinking, there's a few meetings I've wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did he say? You coward. <laughs> I mean, it, what is good to see in Star Trek, though, oh. is, uh, is the fact that they still have, like, table meetings to discuss an issue. And it's basically just Picard going, give me your ideas. And everyone's like, oh, we should... Do, we should we should raise the pensions of everyone here and oh this workplace do you know a lot of people don't know this i'm I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna admit this in on on a podcast but when i used to be a business manager of a team of people when i was back in the day um whenever we used to have meetings across the table i used to pretend to be a captain of a staff (laughs) this is my crew and (laughs) and we were trying to solve problems and today's mission is is to make as much money as we can but honestly i used to treat you like that and and try to be um kind of a weird leader (laughs) do they um did you do the riker sit down you yeah, say, you gotta you gotta do that kind of <laughs> lift your leg over the back of the chair and plunk I, right down. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it in my office chair. I'll I'll hurt my groin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my damn Mark can high kick. Yeah, <laughs> how do you do that? Meetings. Meetings. <laughs> <Whoa. laughs> 
but those are the days though when they used to do stuff like that but it used to get me through those days though you know because yeah. you had to do it i um <sighs> when i was in meetings i used to pretend that i was interested uh, <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. oh, talk about that. i got a good one Wait, so we're in this meeting all right and this this senior manager was in was in the meeting and, and for some reason nobody liked this guy no one yeah. liked him and i was the i was uh i was sat there i'm not going to say where what position i was because people could work out which company it is but i was i was sat in this meeting and someone said uh someone goes um oh i remember a time when it used to be like this to do this type of stuff and then someone and then the manager said yeah i remember a time like that i remember a time when we used to do this like this and then it was like a real boring kind of wrong-winded story that he came out with and then (laughs) one of the guys next to me said i remember a time when you used to say something interesting (laughs) i love meeting sass as well oh god People hate me. You know, when you're so, you, you've been you've been somewhere for so long, you can just tell the t- tell the politic political tension. I was in um, one meeting and I was I was sat next to my boss and oh, what was it the lady said? She basically she talked over everyone, and then when someone interrupted her, she went, "I'm speaking." Oh, <laughs> and my boss just turned to me and just whispered. She she just went we know <laughs> i just cracked up everyone was looking at me because they're obviously all thinking the same thing but it's just because i i didn't have the maturity to not admit it in front of everyone i was just like you know if if something's funny i will laugh um, I, I sometimes think that, that, that some people when they're in these scenarios they forget themselves they forget where they are yeah. they forget who they are i've had a, i've had a manager as i was trying to explain to to the to the group why my um placement fell off or why my, why yeah. i didn't have interviews that week i was in the middle of explaining where we were and i, I in the corner of my eye he goes with his fingers and his fingers his, his index finger and thumb touching together going shh like that and i thought Gosh. what the fuck just happened i'm, I'm in my 30s and someone yeah. just shushed me <laughs> so i'm in the middle of a business meeting what the fuck that's the thing like you have to say to yourself sometimes, I'm an adult. Like, yeah, I don't, remind I don't yourself. Of that. This. Yeah, yeah, remind yourself. I that. I have this I have this weird thing with meetings, um, particularly when I was an internal recruiter. So I'd get invited to every meeting under the sun, like HR updates. It's like I don't need to be here because I'm a recruiter. I'm not a HR professional. I've not done the CIPD or whatever. Yeah. But literally, come the twenty minute to twenty four minute mark, I would get that awful nodding dog feeling. You know, when you just you can actually feel yourself falling unconscious and then coming back to your brain <laughs> Yes. So literally I would have I'd go into meetings and I'd have my have my book underneath one of my elbows. I'd be carrying a massive coffee that I'd put at least six spoons of coffee into and it was black and it was horrible and bitter, but it would try I'd use it to try and keep me awake. Big glass of water, hand sanitizer and mints. Because when I started to feel myself getting nodding dog, I personally hate that sensation, but also yeah. um, <laughs> my work actually thought I had sleep apnea or something like that. <laughs> So I'd, I'd nod off so consistently in meetings and I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking into it. I just didn't have the heart to say, I'm just so fucking bored. I, I, my I've body's just, just switching off. But yeah. I'd, I'd neck the coffee 
Um, and immediately after a few minutes, I'd need the loo because I'd net the coffee, but I couldn't leave the meeting because I have to be present in the meeting. So I'm like, right, okay, so I've had caffeine, and now I need the loo. Now I'm nodding, dogging. So I'm drinking more water when I need the loo, which is a horrible sensation if you've it ever is. done it. Yeah. I've then put about eight mints in my mouth, try and wake myself up that way. No dice. And then when I next have my sip of water, it feels awfully minty cold and that horrible sensation. So then I get to the point where I put hand sanitizer in my hands, pretend to rub it a little bit, and I just slowly cup it over my nose and sniff because the smell really <laughs> pokes you up for about two to three minutes. It's a trick I learned in the specials. Uh, if you need a, just a quick little like wake up buzz. And even that would fail. And then I'd just get to the point I'd be like rocking really slowly back and forth. I was gripping the desk really hard. Oh, yes. I'd be like widening my eyes to focus on the person talking in an effort to keep myself awake. So basically go from meeting like saying something a little bit funny to break the ice when someone asks me for my opinion and i don't actually have one so i just sort of yeah. parrot what everyone else said <laughs> going to like necking a coffee necking a load of water eating eight minutes immediately and then just slowly rocking back and forth intently staring <laughs> they must have thought i was mental <laughs> i was just like oh this is so painful and then as soon as i come out of the meeting i'd stand up to like leave and then all my hr partners would have wanted an update about recruitment i'd be like i need the loo now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't miss it at all. I, I had it one. I had one <laughs> like that, but not for the same reason as as, as you. But I had a root canal in the morning. Oh man! So, but I had a really important HR meeting in the afternoon where someone yeah. was getting kind of bollocked, basically. And um, you don't I had that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I needed to be in participants of this situation, and yeah. um, I think it was a it was a it was a contractor. It was a um, I won't go into specifics, but basically, a contractor did something really stupid, got absolutely wasted in a, in a Christmas party, and then decided to <laughs> fucking throw shit at Jessica Ennis of all the fucking people. People was the guest speaker in this in this party. What's the front? Was she okay? Uh, mostly abuse, but I think they threw a oh wine glass or something. Or, they, or a wine glass was thrown. Maybe not at her. Let me let me clarify that. But she was a guest speaker in this situation. Anyway, so the next day they said, well, "You better bloody go home, and uh, we need to call in the agency." So there's I, there's me in the morning going a call just before this this root canal. Uh, normally what they do with the NHS dentist they just cut out the bad bit and then they just shove mm. pack it with shit and give you loads of drugs and then and then you kind of so I was kind of like <laughs> wait, I got this call saying oh you need to be in attendance this meeting this afternoon I was like oh for fuck's sake alright I just got to do this then I'll, I'll jump on the next train and I'll be there alright so anyway my face gets drilled out they pack it and they give me a load of drugs and in the drugs there's obviously uh, um uh <laughs> I can prove free for us. Yeah. Like you said, you, you'll need to stay on top of your bed pain medication because it'll get painful if it doesn't continue. Because I have days of this pain coming from my face. Yeah. And it, so so I said, okay, so so they gave me these these really strong ibuprofen and they gave me some um uh what's it called? The uh the stuff that stops you from getting an infection. I've got a name of it. Antibiotics. basically yeah so antibiotics and i had that as well now little did i know my reaction to that much pain medication (laughs) and and antibiotics was the fact i wanted to go to sleep now because i've had three days of no sleep for this pain i go into this meeting okay and Luckily, I, it was three of us in this meeting, and luckily, the person taking notes happened to be someone that was quite senior in the business, and the, the HR person was there doing it. And I was sat there going, uh, uh, like, because it's my 
my team's contractor, so I had to be in this meeting and then what we do next and everything. So I sat there and my eyes were just dropping every second. It was just getting heavier. And this guy was talking, trying to explain himself. I'm going through marital problems. I'm not very well. I just really hate heptathletes. (laughs) I got really drunk. I shouldn't have got that drunk. Oh, please don't don't fire me and all this lot of stuff. And I, I, I'll be honest with you. I can't even remember his, his name. I can't even remember yeah. the company he worked for. That's how fucking out of my face I was on drugs. Right. <laughs> I honestly, I come out of that. I, I fell asleep. I think I fell asleep. Yeah. But I, I, I kind of, I had my paperwork in front of me and I kind of, my eyes closed and then they opened, and then I was like, "Okay, no one's noticed. No one's noticed. My eyes are closed." Oh my god! Oh my god! This is bad. And then I got to the end. anyway. The meeting finished and just just adjourned. And then I said to my I said to my boss, um, "This this 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 uh, root canal's really starting to hurt at the moment. Do you mind if I if I go? Oh yeah, sure, sure. You had the day off, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Go home, go home." And I I remember falling asleep on the train. I fell asleep oh, when I yeah. Honestly, I got I got back got back to the house. I sat down. Closed my eyes and then woke up again. It was four in the morning. <laughs> I find there's nothing worse when you're working in an office environment when you're really sick and they send you home. Oh, and they're yeah. like, oh, oh, you shouldn't be. In, oh, you look awful. You shouldn't be in work at all, Tim. Go on, you go home now. And I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, I've got to do an hour commute now because that's what I do in London. Yeah. I remember once I had a really bad migraine. You know when you get those jazzy lines in your vision, you can't really see and you feel really sick? Yes. I had that. This was when I worked at the university. So my boss, um, he was lovely. He was just like, Tim, why the hell did you come in? Go home. So I was like, okay. So basically I walked from Ealing Broadway um, all the way down to, I think it was South Ealing Station. It was a good 20-minute walk. So I'm basically like, holding on to shop fronts and lampposts crossing oh. the road i actually felt the little um cone thing that goes underneath the the light button so you can feel it turn when the lights go yeah. sometimes the noise didn't happen yeah so i'm doing all of this um get on the tube basically sit there i mean any person who's lived, lived in london for a little while can just know where they are because they announce the tube stops and you're like oh i need to change here to take this line to get home and she got home and um, Jenny, my wife, was, was was off that day. She was like, what the hell has happened to you? And I'm just like, migraine, sleep now, need help. And he was in the office. She was like, oh, why didn't you just get an Uber? And I was just like, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, an Uber would have been like 60 quid. But it's, it's something I really appreciate working from home now. Because the other day I'm feeling a bit unwell. A, I can probably power through it. And B, I can literally just you know, message Kieran Sarah, be like, sorry guys, I feel super duper unwell. I'm just going to take a few hours. And they're like, yeah, cool. Like, do what you want kind of thing. It's horrible um, though, isn't it? It's, everyone's got a taste of that work from home now, haven't they? Um, I, I think, and I don't know whether or not to be really nervous about this, that, yeah. that, especially in the recruitment sector where all, everyone's got this taste of kind of working from home and, and, yeah. and some might think it's easy. I don't, I've never thought it was easy and it's taken me years to kind of, get my head around mm. it but also i think some of them might realize how fucking hard it really is and never want to do it again so that, that yeah. that's kind of the way you know what it. those people if they've realized it's not for them um that's also good yeah it, it will help yeah. them appreciate you know having that separation i 
working from home is very difficult. I, I've got my little routine that works for me now. So I'm always up at a certain time, got my coffee, I'm in my workspace, et cetera, et cetera. But for a lot of people, either with medical conditions or, or other things in their life that means it's a bit more convenient to work from home, they now know that's a benefit that will really benefit them. Um, and I hope to see that a lot more companies will allow and consider home working because all these businesses are still functioning, you know, they're, they're still going. A lot of them have gone under due to financial constraints, which is very upsetting, but yeah. businesses that are still going, you know, that are still very profitable or whatever, uh, they're still able to work with everyone not in an office and it might help them consider actually work from home could be a useful perk we could offer. That's a free perk for them, you know, in terms of not having to pay extra in salary or whatever, but also it gives a lot more benefit to those people yes. that, would, that would need it. I, and that's the other thing as well. I think with, with you know, working from home is a, is a good option for your staff, is yeah. a good option for, for people to have. Um, and I hope it breaks down the borders now of trust. Yeah. Uh, I, will, I will admit something, though. When you do work from home, there is a level of procrastination you have to cut through. And yeah. It's, it's really difficult to define what that level yeah. of, per person. Some people are brilliant at focusing laser focus and they can do work some people love procrastination mm. and they still do work at the same time but then when they're yeah. in a in a company and in someone's office procrastinating it's noticed and it's picked on straight yeah. away but that's how people cope in a working day though procrastination you, you never do the full hours in a working day you get up and you make a coffee you have a chat with your workmate you go out for a walk or whatever or at least i yeah. certainly did yeah I remember, sorry go on oh uh, well yeah um you know, back in my recruitment days, I worked from home now and then. And those were the days where genuinely I did nothing. I'd stick Netflix on, move my mouse about a bit, and I'd be like, great, free day off. Um, but quickly grew out of that when I realized, A, it's pretty obvious when someone was doing that. And B, it didn't actually help me. It just meant I was a day behind when I got back in the office and I was super stressed. Yeah. So then when I started working full time with, you know, for, with Higher Right Talent, it, yeah as part of higher right talent at, I the words then that's a bit at, ironic yeah. yeah yeah um you know i i had to make sure i had that routine in place because you can't afford to mess about when it's your and, there, and there's the there's the exact problem with is yeah. working from home there's routine you know nine o'clock yeah. you do this nine thirty you do you've got to have that routine and then it becomes habitual and then it becomes a part of your life and and you yeah don't, you don't really notice then that you work now i can just sit down and i basically just work for a, a working day sometimes into the evening because i'm a night owl writer so i get a lot of my ideas just before i go to bed which is helpful um but it, it means then when i'm not working and taking that time off i'm not feeling guilty because i'm like oh but i did spend half an hour doing this and doing that i'm just sat down and i'm creating ideas or writing the ideas down or binning the shit ones and using just the good ones you know however the creative process seems to work that day but i'm dedicating that time to writing or thinking about writing <laughs> i get it i get yeah. it i get it it's, oh, yeah. i'm making memes that yeah it's uh, but I, i've had a few people come to me actually say no you work from home and that i'm not so i think four and a half years of working on your own is not the same as working from home if that makes sense yeah exactly and, and now i i don't see this as working from home i'm working on my own i'm a sole worker or, or exactly and for yeah. me it's you know i i don't work from home i work for 
my business and with my my business partners so everything i do is contributing to higher right talent which is made up of myself kira and sarah you know and if i'm not pulling my weight not only am i letting myself down i'm letting my like good my close friends and business partners down as well and i don't want to let my mates down so the days i'm not feeling motivated i can still motivate myself by going well do i really want to you know upset my friends of course i don't so but that's just the, not up and get it done that's and the fight though isn't it Inside, them. yeah that's the day-to-day fight that we all have is is to kind of the realization you're not you know you're not being paid to do this you, you're you're being paid to do the work that you need to do so yeah it, it you need to oh, do you know what someone said to me ages ago um working from home or working on your own is is not about these little kind of gimmicks that you need to do and it's about growing the fuck up yeah it really is <laughs> and sadly that's i think he's right i think it's about growing the fuck up and you need to realize that you're doing this for yourself and you're letting someone down is you're letting yourself down and then whoever's connected to that around you you're letting down at the same time pressure's on for some people in that sense i, I feel I, honestly the other thing i feel sorry for at this moment in time there are loads of these work from home people especially the forlonged people the ones which are getting 80% from the government yeah. for their wages. What's going to happen in three, four months' time, do you think, to them? Gosh, I don't know, mate. I want to be positive and say some nice things will happen. Everyone will get their jobs back and be recompensed for the, the money they've lost over these last few months. But who bloody knows, mate? He, I don't know how long this will go on for. Um, the... I don't have an answer for that question, buddy. <laughs> the oh, no. short of it. I, I, um, I, keep, I keep reflecting I worry, though. on this. I worry. I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. I've seen a lot of my friends lose their jobs uh, or be put on hold with their jobs, which is deeply upsetting because I don't want that to happen to anyone, least of all no. my friends. Yeah. But also there could come a point where just more businesses are going under in three or four months if this continues. Um, it's it's I'm, sad. I'm hoping for the best, to be honest, preparing I, for the worst. This week, especially after my post, I've had people reach out to me. People run in teams of seven or eight people to companies of 100 people and plus, and even sole, sole guys like us. And yeah. Everyone's saying the same thing, exactly the same thing. It doesn't matter the size of the business. I'm really worried how long this is going on for because once yeah. it gets past three months, you know, two months you can kind of predict, three months you kind of, okay, this is touching cloth time. This is really yeah. kind of what the fuck's going on. Four months, and we're talking August, September then. Yeah. What the hell? You know what I mean? Exactly. It's, it's... And I'm, I like going out and doing things. I'm, I'm isolating because I'm mildly asthmatic, so I'm technically a risk group there. And also, I just don't want to be sick. Um, and I was, I was fairly isolating anyway because I work from home. But you know, I did used to go out to the pub. I used to go see friends, did my martial arts classes or whatever. All that stopped now, and I get that it's fine because greater good and all that. But in three months' time, I'm going to be going batty looking at these four walls um you know I, I love my family and they love me but i i probably am driving them mad already <laughs> stuck oh, in the no. house um, I, i'm trying to separate myself from from my family as much as i can during the working day yeah. and then we'll just do family stuff you know watch we'll be watching all the harry potters all over again every oh night. nice so so you know what i mean and then i'm gonna, gonna introduce him to something else i don't know what the hunger games do you reckon <laughs> yeah hunger Games. it start start that po- apocalypse type training yeah just like 28 be, days later 28 days later look at this news report <laughs> i get a i get a um 
it's really strange. I get a, an email from one of those websites telling me what's the latest movies on Netflix and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm surprised. Top 10 movies on Netflix are all pandemic-esque outbreak. Yeah, you like know, contagion. Contagion, or... yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the top, I'm like, what are you fucking doing, people? Stop watching these things. This is going to make it worse. Do you but, know what yeah. um, medium I've escaped into? I've been playing a lot of Left 4 Dead recently and Star Trek Bridge Crew, of course. Um, but I think we're going to see a huge rise in zombie media in the next few years after this because everyone has had this shared experience where it's remain indoors you're scared of other people because they might be infected with this horrible virus that will make you sick and bawling and i read ages ago this really interesting blog about why are zombie movies and games so popular and it taps into that inherent fear of strangers and other people that um yeah all of us will have to a degree and i think that that's been sort of shown the light a little bit a light has been cast on that kind of fear and you know probably prime opportunity for some more uh, z related media i i agree with that one i think we have an, an obsession with apocalypse based stuff yeah. don't we as as a as a uh, oh, i don't know how to put it as, as like a society um you think that is like do you think it's because people see an apocalypse scenario like what's your zombie plan and stuff as a way of seizing control of their lives or it could be it could be i, I mean the, the one night i spotted the other day was um there was an article in, in one of these kind of um facebook kind of groups i'm in with science fiction groups and it was saying about why um films like i am legend were massive and there's loads of them there's loads of these these movies there's a really good one from new zealand i can't remember the name of it from the top from the 80s and and it it kind of defines it quite nicely where people are worried about being alone and and, and, you know this this sense of kind of you're the only person on the planet what do you do and how do you survive and 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 people hate that they hate this this loneliness and i think these Mm. are apocalypse movies and tv series that we have really reflect the innate fears within ourselves so almost like some people like slasher movies and horror movies this yeah. is their version of a slasher horror movie where the reason they're watching it it's like when you drive past an accident you want to see what's going on you know yeah you, you know you're, you're you're delving into some psyche within yourself um that that you know you're worried about i freaking love I am legend in movies of the, of the like. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm they're, sure psychologists will have a field day with me for liking these movies. They're, they're great. They're just great films. I, I just appreciate a damn good narrative. Um, so what I, what I found interesting, so I, I was only in, in the police five minutes, basically. I did a, a year and a bit as a special before I'd moved and focused on higher rights. I couldn't really do it at the same time no before that i used to love cops on camera line of duty like all these cop shows brilliant when i was in it i used to watch it as well like hell yeah and then when i left i don't want to watch them anymore ah, that's interesting yeah because I've, I've i've been in that world and either you know you're watching something heavily dramatized it's not accurate or it reminds you of the things that you've worked with or in or done and they might be good or bad but it's it's just not something I feel the urge to to do anymore. Like I watch it if it's on and there's nothing else to watch. Yeah. But it's, I I I think I thought that was interesting because people watch a lot of these like apocalypse dramas, and I wonder how many people will want to watch TV shows or movies about a pandemic, for example, after it's happened. It's, it's and I think they're going to drop. I think it'll, the need for some of these pandemic-esque movies now because because yeah. fictions become reality. 
And there's, yeah. your, there's your issue. You know, how many movies are we watching at the moment about space, like real kind of factual movie, space movies that yeah. really did well? Look at Gravity. It's bomb. Yeah, or The Martian. I don't or know how Martian. accurate that is from a scientific standpoint, but it's, it's a very good film. It's a really good film because we haven't been to Mars yet. But when we go to Mars, the Martian will be a bag of rubbish. Nobody will want to watch it. But then yes. if, you, if you look at like Apollo 11 or Apollo 13, they had to dramatize as much of it as possible for people to be yeah. interested in it because we've been to space. We don't, you know, it's not a massive issue. And I, I think this is weird about the human psyche in that sense. Mm. You know, you look at what people watch. They love the dramatization of things because it could never happen to them. But yeah. it might. And then you look at like Coronation Street, why that's so popular. It's extreme end of the spectrum. No and it's likes. sort of escapist entertainment because let's face it, if you watched The Office and it was just like an actual real office, no one would watch it because it's like <laughs> someone typing at a computer for a few hours, going into a meeting, huffing sanitizer to stay awake, and then <laughs> credits. Whereas the office itself it it touches on the ridiculous mundane things that you pick up and it it shows it in a funny way but of course they still got to have a beginning middle and end and some variant of the hero's journey because that's what people are entertained by usually Um, yeah exactly but But I, i think you're right things like contagion and stuff it it may well drop out of popularity after the quarantine lockdown uh and maybe i'm wrong about zombie media becoming big again i, I mainly just want to free to come out but i think <laughs> i think I think, so, I think zombies and, and vampires and, and all that kind of stuff that that's always out there there always will be a um we like being scared of the boogeyman in some way shape or form don't we but there's, there's your thing and this is the problem with this virus and why we've got a lot of people still in denial to this moment in time as yeah. well because it can't be seen. If we had like a dictator in another country, we 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 can see that, we can hear it, we can feel it, we can you know what I mean we 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 can see the results of it. The problem with it, with this virus, no one's seeing bodies being carted out of hospitals, so they don't see it as a threat to their lives. Yeah, they can't see a virus because it's microscopic, so they don't see it as a threat to their lives. Yeah, it's, it's the people that can, and it's not their fault. It's just a lack of the ability to to perceive things in a different kind of way. Yeah. if that makes sense and it's it's that kind of it it wouldn't happen to me um kind of attitude like again it's denial a, yeah it's a big denial there's a, problem. a certain percentage that you're 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 fairly likely to be involved in a road traffic collision for example everyone's like no nah, it won't happen to me it's fine that they buy a lottery ticket and they're like yeah totally happened when it's like a one in a billion chance or something like that <laughs> yeah exactly and, and this is the problem with it they, Human, humans perception is very biased towards mm. certain things and you know you, you saw a brexit oh I, I i you know we need to get out why because we got a vote why why did you vote to leave because we had a vote why, okay why did you leave because we had a fuck's sake yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like why why and and, and it's because the they've been told to you know they, they they've they've not gathered the information i'll say all people are like that sorry brexit is listening to this right now apologies <laughs> but but that's the, the that's what we're dealing with is, is cross-sections of society that don't get it i yeah. think there's people that went to the beach on the weekend by the way i don't think those people realized what they were doing all no. right I think they were told by the the, the system, the, the, the psychological kind of Boris Johnson said, you can still go out for a walk. They then went, oh, I can go for a drive to the beach. And yeah, then exactly. 50, 60,000 other people did the same thing at the same time. Well, it's went like to- everyone was at Snowdonia and places like that, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, the busiest day ever. I've been yeah. to Snowdonia, I've mountain biked 
over Snowdonia and, and, and associated mountains nearby. I've not seen a person for miles before now. And yes. all of a sudden, I'm watching these videos of places where I'm mountain biked, and there's about 50, 60 people walking oh. side by side, you know what I mean, all the way up this bloody mountain. And it's like, why? Jesus <laughs> Christ almighty. But yeah. um, a really good friend of mine, I won't mention his name, a really good friend of mine said, uh, it's, it's, it, it's really interesting now, in 10, 15 days' time, Will we see a massive jump in numbers of infected because of what happened yeah. on the weekend? And it's really, really interesting, actually. He says that. Well, we may well do. Let's just hope we don't. Um, I just, oh, yeah, it's scary, yeah. scary moments with That's why I just stay inside. The, the general public give me the heebie jeebies anyway. Um, I, I commented on a post on LinkedIn from a, a guy I follow who's, who's a police officer for many, many, many years. And he was, it was something about the general public not following instructions. And I commented as well, basically I'd, I'd arrested this guy. Um, right. yeah. no, sorry, I hadn't arrested him. I was trying to get first aid. That's, oh, right. a, <laughs> oh, right. that's a hell of a thing to mix up, isn't it? Yeah. Help me. I'm bleeding. You're, you're nicked. Um, you're under arrest. <laughs> now this, this guy had basically taken like, London's supply of spice that morning um, <sighs> in a really bad way, like proper, proper shaking, frothing, and just making no sense at all. So I'm trying to like make sure there's nothing in his mouth and stuff so he doesn't choke and go for all the first 80 bits. And, um, you know, whilst he's reacting to that and also snapping his jaw a lot, which could bite me, this lady comes up to me and I'm like, stay back, madam. Like, dealing with something she goes oh no i just wanted a quick word and she pulls this letter out of her bag and puts it in my face she's like will you read my council tax letter and i'm like get back what what my head i'm like what the hell like i'm clearly dealing with a dude who is in a bad way medically like trying to radio for an ambulance like my colleague's helping as best he can as well and then this lady's trying to get us to read her a letter, even though we've said, a police officer, a figure of authority, has said get back, like for your own safety. But, but what what was going on in that woman's head to to, to continue with that conversation? I, even I don't you, know. She, you know she may well have had you know her own things to be dealing with, which meant she might not have understood me clearly. Or, or so. I'm sure there's some form of explanation for it. But it, you know, I've consistently seen you know like people that you know, look at accidents, like people drive past and look, fair enough. It's when people interfere or trying to take photos of it and stuff. And you're saying like, get back, give, give this person some space if they've fallen, for example. Um, you see it in workplaces, someone trips over, bangs their head, you know, they're hurt and a little bit embarrassed. And everyone crowds around them, don't they? It really stresses them out. And you say, get back, just leave them alone. People just can't follow those kind of instructions because their curiosity takes over. And this is it, their isn't fear it? takes over or their excitement takes over. Um, and I think maybe that's what's happened with these people going to the beach. You know, they're 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 fear, they're in fear, maybe denial, or they just yeah. don't think it's that big a deal. And but denial is not. This is the problem. I, I'm trying to correct people, but people are like blaming them, and we've got to stop yeah. blaming people for this. Denial is not not something that you you just naturally become. It's the, no. in denial. It's 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 the, the cognitive bias in your mind that has made you kind of become that will never happen to me or that's a bit stupid. Wait, I thought that China was going in lockdown a few weeks ago and I was just like, Oh, that's yeah. awful. Well, at least who, it won't happen here. Who was on <laughs> Facebook saying it's going to happen here? <laughs> yeah. <Me>. And I <laughs> was just like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, I'm, boy, am I eating some humble pie at the moment. That was I was, just, all I, that I, was left I, at the shops. I had messages from people saying, Mark, stop being a scaremonger. I was, I was being told, stop it. And I, I'm like, Oh, for God's sake, this is how, 
viruses work and if they're locking down a city it's left that city a long time ago i'm sorry yeah there's exactly no, there's no such thing as quarantine there's no such thing as it it will come I, out it's, i said it to um to my wife i was um i was bringing some stuff in from the garage and f- for a laugh i brought in all of my swords and i was just <laughs> like oh I'm, I'm prepping for the apocalypse and she was just like oh yeah that's that's like do you think it would get that bad i was like i'm clearly joking but what if it does <laughs> I, I, I blunt sword will sure come in useful. You know, all these apoc- this this if we flip back to all apocalypse movies, they always come in roundabout, like like in in Walking Dead. We come in when yeah. we saw Rick do that thing in the beginning. Then we came in at Rick then coming out of the hospital bed and all the shit had happened twenty eight yeah. days later or whatever it is, three weeks later, whatever time you woke up. Exactly. So we always come in when the apocalypse has happened. The days running up to it was yeah. probably just normal days, like it is now. Yeah. You know, a bit of lockdown, a bit of this, bit of that. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. In three is, I like, I, I, I joke with my family. They're like, "Oh, are you worried about this?" I was like, "No, of course not. I'm going to get my armor on and I'll have my swords, and you know, it'll be, it'll be fine." But in reality, like, <laughs> wait, if it got really worse, I'd probably just be knocking on my neighbor's doors, like, "You're right," <laughs> kind of thing. Um, like, we're going to stick a DVD on later. And yeah. we're all sick now anyway. Do you want to come watch it with us? <laughs> yeah, if you really like mundane stuff like that, or me just writing my opinion pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I think though barricade your home badly. <laughs> I, I do I do think though it, it won't be as bad as we think it's going to no, be. I think it's, it's gonna die off in thirty, forty days' time. I think we're gonna be in a different place. But yeah. but yeah. But on that note though, Tim, I have to end this podcast. We've been an hour and a half and I think people's yeah. ears will be burning now. I'm <laughs> sure they will be. Uh, <laughs> Here it is. Split it into two podcasts. Another oh. part in a part from that. <laughs> I, I, I think we lost him at Star Trek. To be fair, I, I think we did. <laughs> I, I did say they can duck out. Is it would just be Star, Star Trek and apocalypses from here on in? Yeah. But, um, but that no, was the thanks. idea of this podcast, everyone. It was it was about being fun and being you know as informative as possible, but just having a, a nice having little chin wag. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, thanks for letting me talk at you. That's all right. Thanks for letting me talk to you as well. (laughs) Anytime, my friend. Well, um, no, thanks so much. Stay safe and wash your hands. Yeah, stay safe as well. And and, yeah, not just your hands, but your feet as well. Apparently, that's where the virus is coming in with your feet as well. Really? Yeah, and your shoes. Better get my slippers on. No, I'll give them a good scrub. I'm oh, joking, by the way. I just made that up. <laughs> no, I've already forwarded it to 20 people on WhatsApp. I know a guy that owns a shoe store, so shoes are going to go out the fucking door now. <laughs> anyway, take it easy, Tim. You Bye. too, mate. Take it easy. Bye.